Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Eisen, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. And, of course, we got Nikki Navarro working the board. So uh, thanks for uh, joining us uh, the, uh, for our November podcast. We're, we're a little behind schedule. We, uh, I was out of town for a couple of weeks, so we... Uh, but we're still getting it in in uh, November. So, so uh, we thought, you know, we got a variety of topics, Jason and Scott, to talk about today uh, with uh, the end of the year here. Trade shows are kind of uh, slowing down a little bit with the week of Thanksgiving, unless you're in Chicago with, uh, you've got radiology loading in uh, yeah. right now, which is the last big trade show of the year in Chicago. But uh, it's been a super busy uh, year for trade shows. But uh, so big topic right now, uh, Jason Scott, our, uh, our health insurance. One, you got two parts, uh, A, renewal rates for 23, and then open enrollment. Yeah, the so. renewal rates we're seeing all, all, all over the board. I mean, it's, it's I think inflation's starting to hit it a little bit. Uh, one of our clients is as high as 32%. I think that's on the high side. But No, they're not on our master plan. Though. Right, right. Yeah, their yeah. own their own standalone small group plan. Um, and we've seen a couple uh, prospects. Uh, Griffin and I saw a couple prospects with Blue Cross that were 25, 27. We've seen a bunch in the, in the 17. So it's kind of all over the board. Uh, you haven't really seen good national averages. And I, I don't know if, if you know, you're definitely seeing it uh, regionally at different rates. So um, if, you, um, if you're not part of the Employco team, we buy our healthcare and volume in all 50 states. So a lot of our clients are able to stabilize their rates. But of course, we give our clients the option, which is the difference between us and a lot of our competitors, where our competitors, if you buy from them, you have to buy their healthcare. But with us, if you've, you have someone and you love working with them, that's great too. We, it gives you that added flexibility. But Flexibility is the key. That's right. Yeah, so what we're Scott's seeing... Scott's like a gymnast. Yes. <laughs> Very flexible. Just can't touch my toes. So we're seeing with most of the driving force behind these high increases in the health plan is... Uh, inflation's a little bit just labor costs, doctor costs, nurses costs. There's just labor costs are going any, up. Any residual like from COVID, how like a lot of nurses, a lot of healthcare people quit. Yeah. A li- and now they're right? having to pay them to get back. So I know downstate... A lot of the hospitals downstate are outsourcing to other cities like Springfield. They're getting a lot of nurses from Decatur and around where they come in, work for two or three days and then go back home. So right. So inflation is a big driving cost, but then also the pharmacy side. So there are some big blockbuster drugs coming out. And normally those are offset by brand names that have a generic equivalent, like the, when the patent runs out. But this year there aren't a lot of generic drugs with a generic a brand name drugs with a generic equivalent coming out. Right, so the new, blockbusters are really hitting hard. Right. So your new drugs that there's no other option and right. they're expensive. There's a you know, good HIV one that's coming out. That's going to be without a patent or generic equivalent for a long time. You know, when our dad, our dad passed away in uh, 2014 and uh, from cancer. And so when he was on, he was on a chemotherapy pill that was like 12,000 a pill. Yep. Yeah. 12,000 wow. a pill was for the whole time frame. It was going to be a uh, Medicare covered it in the supplemental covered the between the two but it was like a hundred and fifteen hundred twenty thousand for the just that one cycle treatment wow. our, our dad being the insurance uh you know uh, being in the insurance business for so long waited to do his knee replacement once he got on oh, medicare yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh medicare picked up most of his cancer treatment. but anyways the uh so it's it's a variety but you definitely see on the on that uh, used to be a big money maker back to, you know a long long time ago for uh, insurance companies was a prescription prescription as well as dental and a couple other areas and now it's a, it's one of their bigger expenses yeah. but um, open enrollment 
Jason, any recommendations of what companies should be doing for open enrollment? Just uh, try and a variety of different communication strategies, whether or not that's an email blast, in-person meeting, live Zoom call, record a Zoom call, just try and get the message out to a variety of different ways to employees. And if there's something that's recorded, they can click on later, their spouse or their partner or somebody at home who might be a co-decision maker mm -hmm. can help see some of that messaging to help decide. So try and get that message out in a variety of different ways. Um, but some of the companies deciding on what to do for cost containment are looking at um, education in a different way. So like promoting preventive care physicals and, and routine well woman exams, things like that. But then also there's not a lot of companies this year are increasing deductibles and co-pays. It's happening, just not as high as percentages as prior years. Yeah. So you've got cost containment. If you've got that big renewal increase, you're going to shop, but you're also going to look at the, you know, the deductibles and co-pays and also what the, your employer contribution. So we, we get, that's probably the question we get asked mo most often on the sales side when talking to new prospects is how much should I pay as an employer for what's going to be competitive for my share, the employer share of uh, healthcare costs. And also, um, I know it was brought up, uh, we had discussed from different hospital networks where you can right. save money by shaving this hospital group out of the network. And uh, for us, it didn't work because we had a lot of people that like this one network. But if that works for some clients, that, that's yeah, an option exactly. also. Right. It's getting in popularity, these uh, kind of the preferred provider networks that are maybe three tiers instead of just in or out of network. There might be a third tier where it's a specific hospital chain that's even enhanced. Right. Like that one, the one we looked at was enhanced, but then Rush was going to be excluded and we didn't, right. you know, too many, too many uh, people go to Rush. So we didn't want to go that route, but no different health care is so you're trying to control your healthcare costs. When you see the large doctor groups, you've got the doctors that only work at hospitals yep, and right. the ones that only work in the office. And you may really, you know, I love this doctor. I, you know, he's the only person I see or she's, you know, at their office. But if you end up in the hospital, the odds are in today's, especially on your bigger doctor's networks, that's not the person you're going to see in the hospital. Nope. Right. Good point. So just something to think about is your, you know, because we see that all the time, uh, Griffin on the sales side, though. Well, you know, I'm interested in, in your plan, but I, I want to make sure my doctor's in it. Mm -hmm. We well, should also see if the network you're in, if your doctor ends up, if you end in the hospital, will you actually see that doctor? Or are you just going to be given whoever works at that hospital you're at? Right. The guy so, walking, the doctor walking down the hallway. Right. Yeah, this is your new doctor. <laughs> the uh, So another uh, another topic uh, is we, you know, if you haven't already done employee reviews, and this is something we, had, we did an HR chat on uh, a while ago, but uh, employee reviews, not something that you should really save to the end of the year and do once a, once a year. You should be having more of those conversations during the, you know, periodically more conversational. And, and, uh, but for those of you that do it once a year, now's the time that you should be doing it. Especially if you're, uh, thinking about doing year end bonuses and things like that. I think it also, if you do multiple times a year, this would be a good time to kind of look at the different reviews and then you can kind of base your bonus view off of that. One of the things that our HR team gets pretty involved in is doing is helping our clients train your supervisors. Because no one, you know, I don't know too many people that love do, doing point. or yeah. receiving uh, right. reviews. So I, I know a big part of your team, uh, you know, which you started months ago, is as you look at this topic, is training the supervisors. You know, your review needs to be an, an effective review. 
Yeah. Okay. So a couple of the big topics are generally we recommend having the employees complete a self-review before the manager does their review. So it helps you. It might remind you of some things, projects they worked on or what their viewpoint is of how proactive they are or how responsive they are. So it's always a good idea to get the employee's view on how they, they think their their performance has been over the last whatever period of time it's been. Um, but then when you're actually delivering a review, it's human nature to so much to worry about the negative to the, the, the kind of the constructive criticism that we focus most of our time on the negative. It should be at least half, assuming the employee is any decent employee, at least half the performance review should be talking about positives. And then their half or, or less than that could be talking about the things that you recommend that they can improve on. Yeah, positive, uh, make it a positive experience and not a negative experience. Because for years, everybody dreaded it because it was all about you suck. You know, you're, uh, <laughs> yeah. you should really be doing a better job or why are you even working here? So <laughs> it really should be a positive experience and also look to the future of, all right, so here's what this past year looked like. Here's where, you know, we're growing as a, as a business, as a company. And here's your part and make sure that they know that they're a part of a bigger organization and what can they do to improve? And that there are growth opportunities too. Right. It's a good time for goal setting. So look back and then also look forward. Like to spend a good time for, for both. Right. So then back to Scott's topic, Scott was, you were saying, all right, so you did the review. What are you seeing? Bonuses, uh, bonuses and raises it. And, that's pretty regional, and uh, it's, it's been a pretty good topic lately, especially with interest rates going up, inflation going up. So you've had some companies doing raises a couple during the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did an internal survey, and one of the things where uh, people were questioning is, what's my compensation look like versus other organizations? Relative to the marketplace, right. yeah. And it's it's tough to say. Uh, it's definitely a regional topic, but you're. I think what you're starting to see is, is you know, with inflation going up, the market softening a little bit. Uh, hard to say where you're going to see those increases going in the next year. Yeah, I mean the the data is all over the board. They're usually the, the 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 big survey houses do a pretty good job of looking at average merit pay increases, but don't do as good a job on the variable pay, the bonus part of it. So there's really not strong, reliable data on the bonus part. On the average merit pay increase or the, the kind of the salary increase, we're, we're seeing anywhere from 4% to 5%. I mean, that's just that mean or, or the median. Um, and then, yeah, it's hard to know, did some of those employers, like you said, Rob, did some of those employers already do a mid-year increase and they're going to be at 37 because they just did a 3.7, increase in July. It's hard to know with some of these. Which would put them at that 5 Right, six, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and uh, hard to say what the employment sector is going to look like next year. Yeah, uh, and you figure we're coming off of last year where the lower wage people, especially minimum wage, got bumped up to, like in Illinois, $15. Well, that affected everybody that was at $15. Right. Now they're competing with minimum wage people. So that kind of trickle effect trickled upward. So yeah, be interesting. And, and when you, when you lose someone, you're going to probably have to bring in someone higher than that replacement cost. And then if there's any existing employees with the same job title, same functions, you're going to probably have to bump them up because yeah. we just have, you're having to fight. It's just a, such a bad labor market right now. It is. Yeah. It's so competitive. Yeah. And on that side, I think there, uh, and we've talked about this before on other podcasts is there, when you're hiring, you really need to present an entire package, sell your business, sell your company. Why, you know, why do you want to come work for Employco or, or the Wilson companies? Because, you know, Here's why, whether whether it's great health insurance benefits, the culture, you know, sell 
sell more than just the salary. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, on that note, we, uh, we are also seeing, you know, we're talking to a lot of clients that are, uh, are back in their office, but you're seeing a, a, a greater movement of, of people requiring their team to be back in the office at least a few days of the few days a week. Uh, your larger companies, but uh, we were just, I spoke on a panel down at a bank a few weeks ago, downtown and, uh, in Chicago and, uh, beautiful giant new building and it's a ghost town and they're trying, they're struggling getting people, your larger companies to come in two days a week where yeah. I think most companies, what you're seeing is, you know, three to four days a week in person. And there's a lot of industries where you're, you're back full time, five days a week in the yeah. office. And especially in, if you're in the manufacturer service industry, you can't be remote. Right. I think right. the, the 20 employees that are left at Twitter are expected to go back to the office. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. He said, uh, you better show up. Right. And, <laughs> If you don't live in San Francisco, you should think about taking a flight in, I believe is what his tweet was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wherever you are, you uh, need to show up if you're at Twitter. So, but, um, you know, I think you're going to see more, uh, more and more people back in offices around the, uh, around the country. Yep. The, uh, we touched on trade shows a little bit. Uh, Jason, you're, you're a member of the EACA board. You guys have your board meeting next week. Yep. EDPA access in San Antonio. It'll be fun. Good to see some uh, some friends and and peers in the industry. It'll be fun. Nice nice right. to get along with everybody. Yeah. So if you're down at EDPA All Access, so Jason will be there uh, next week. Uh, so your board meetings on Wednesday for EACA, which right. is great. What a great organization, EACA, with Jim Worm and the team. And you guys have really over the years, uh, Jim has really built out a great great board. Yeah, definitely has. So, and then you've got uh, EDPA All Access at the same time, which is a uh, which is a great show. And uh, we're not, unfortunately, that uh, this year we're not exhibiting uh, there. But uh, Griffin and I and Scott will be the following week at the ESCA, ESCA Winter Meeting, which is on uh, December 12th in Louisville. Yep. Last year, uh, Philadelphia. This year, Louisville. So it's right. really, I thought it's always a fun fun event to go to. Yeah. So that uh, always a great, uh, between the two, uh, the three of us and, and Griffin, we'll get to see a lot of our uh, trade show uh, clients and friends. So in the, the trade shows, I think you're going to see uh, what, you know, we did a podcast with, uh, with, with Rob West from, from Showlink last month. And I think uh, what he was, had mentioned is, is pretty, pretty true. You're going to see a pretty strong year, regardless of recession or inflation from a trade show standpoint. Definitely. Especially now that everything's back from COVID. It was nice to see a big crowded convention center for, uh, where we're down yeah pack expo was uh was uh, earlier uh at the end of october and it was uh the, the show was really uh really yeah. good good show so what uh, anything else i'm i'm missing with uh with you guys well jason you're gonna bring up your uh thanksgiving turkey recipe <laughs> no okay maybe that's 1-800 butterball that's, that's that's our cooking podcast <laughs> yeah and we just we just wrapped up uh October was Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we uh, we bought everybody pink shirts here in uh, in honor of Kathleen Sampy and Sampy in our office. That uh, so everyone donated money for uh, uh, to wear the pink shirts, and then we uh, yeah we lost Kathleen back in uh, in January. January, and then we uh, then Scott and I we uh, whatever we raised, we then uh, we tripled the donation. So it was in Kathleen's name. So, so and uh, Edgar did the uh, shirt design. Did a little tweak off of uh, AKA Nikki Navarro. Yeah, Nikki Navarro. He likes so. to be referred to as Nikki, not Edgar. <laughs> but they're great, great looking shirts, though. Yeah. So, but uh, and we'll be back in December to wrap up uh, the December and look at uh, look at next year. I, I think you know, even with the uh, the talk of 
well, inflation's still here and the recession, you had a, a, a higher quarter. So now they're debating whether is it, you know, what type of recession is it going to be? Right. But, um, we're still pretty bullish on the economy and on the employee side. So we've, uh, our clients have, uh, have been still doing very well. Yep. So thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. The, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the rest of, uh, of November and uh, appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. And if you have questions at hr.employco.com, I'll go to uh, Jason. Thank you. Right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank Take you. care.